Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Wannabe Entrepreneur Podcast. And uh, if you are listening to this episode because you listen to my previous one interviewing Peter Levels, welcome, welcome to the new listeners. It's really nice. It was great to interview Peter and I got so many people actually coming and listening to the episode. I got great feedback. And I know a lot of them will not continue because they, let's face it, they came to listen to Mr. Levels. But the fact that you are here, listen to me speaking, it really means a lot. So welcome. And to the old listeners, welcome back. It's always a pleasure to chat with you about my own journey, about the journey of other entrepreneurs, and about entrepreneur and uh, bootstrapping. I really love this. It's really a passion of mine. And it's great to be able to speak with you And I kid you not, I I guess around maybe Friday or Saturday, I get super excited to do this episode in particular. I keep on having ideas, writing them down. So in today's episode, I want to keep on riding this Peter Levels wave. And I want to speak more about my preparation for the meeting. What was it like to actually meet him? And also some of my thoughts about what we spoke about. So I have some cool stories to tell you about that. And um, besides that, I'll be talking about Change It, specifically the fact that someone tried to buy it. And I want to tell you the story. And also a bit of some updates in the projects I'm working on, specifically in the offices and in this community, our virtual co-working space, we have something really cool starting from next week. So before I get started, I just want to give a warm welcome to the new members of the community, our virtual co-working space for bootstrappers. And it's funny because four people joined the community, but only two of them actually introduced themselves in the channel and are more active in the channel. And I kind of realized that This community started as a perk for the people that wanted to support the podcast. I don't want to do any advertisement. So this is kind of my way. People can buy me a coffee or they can become kind of a Patreon, right? So they pay every month four euros to support this podcast. And I realized that there's people that just want to support a podcast and they don't necessarily want to be part of the community, which is completely fine. It's completely fine to just support the podcast you can even join the community if you want and just be passive and see what the others are doing and once you feel that you want to join in it's fine you can join but it's also just fine to support the podcast and uh, the two people that uh, introduce themselves are Kazi is a software engineer from Bangladesh also an entrepreneur and he's doing the 12 on 12 challenge so 12 startups in 12 months so super excited to follow his journey And we also have Rochelle. Rochelle is a business and mindset coach for solo entrepreneurs and or solopreneurs. And uh, she is uh, joining to meet other people and to grow her business together with the community. So super excited to have you both. And uh, yeah, let's get started. I'm super excited. Let's get started with today's episode. So I started this podcast about seven months ago. And as a lot of the old listeners might remember, I started with daily episodes, recording them on my phone. My idea was very simple, to record each of my bootstrapping day. And uh, it worked really well in the beginning, but then I soon realized that 
It was a lot of work and it was really hard to keep great content, so I decided to reduce. But I started to interview other entrepreneurs. And uh, my first interview, I was so nervous, especially my first interview with someone that I didn't know. So I first actually interviewed Wolfi, if you remember some of my French, which is a bit easier. But my first interview was with Giuseppe. And I didn't know him. I met him on Reddit, actually. And I was so nervous to interview someone for the first time because you feel like, in this case, you really feel like an imposter. And somehow it's true because it's your first time doing it. Like, you have no idea if you are good or not. And uh, I kind of realized that it was somehow easy to get people on board, even though I I didn't or I don't even have a big audience, right? So before Peter Levels, I had an audience of 80 people listening to me. I don't know about now. But, uh, you know, it, it was easy because people, they like to talk, they like to share their journey, and it's also a good PR for them. They can even share this episode with their own audience, and uh, it's also good for them. So I started to land bigger accounts, and I, I love having both. Like I love having smaller accounts or people that don't have a lot of followers or are still in the beginning of bootstrapping, and I also love to have bigger ones because it's more challenging for me, I guess to do a good work because a lot of people have already listened to them and uh, I feel more nervous and of course it grows my my podcast much more. And uh, one thing that uh, my friend Wolfgang told me was that it was impossible to book Peter Levels to the interview because if you read his blog, he says that he's unavailable. So he doesn't go to any podcast but the Indie Hackers podcast. And if I when I was actually searching for interviews with him, there's not a lot. It's really, he wrote his book and uh, he, he appeared in a couple of Twitch interviews and, and a couple of uh, kind of on-site interviews that were recorded in, in Bali and in some co-working spaces. But besides that, there's not a lot. So I started to really believe that somehow was impossible. But the fact that he was interacting with me on Twitter gave me an extra hope. Wolfie told me that it would be impossible. He told me that he would pay me a beer. He would meet me somewhere, whatever I was. In this case, I'm in Portugal now. And he would buy me a beer. And uh, I got it. I, I got Peter Levin on the show. Everyone in the community was super excited. And this is really nice because Peter Levels is kind of a celebrity around us, around the bootstrappers. But outside, like, let's be honest, no one knows him, right? So when I told my family, my friends, I mean they wouldn't understand. But when I told in the community, when I told in the, our virtual co-working space, people were so excited and got me super excited as well. They were just copy-pasting his blog post saying that he never meets with anyone else and so on. And uh, I, I stopped listening to that after a while because I didn't want to get too nervous. Because when, for instance, I interviewed Arvid, which also is quite big, one thing that he liked about our interview is the fact that I was not afraid to question him. And uh, if I kind of put someone in a pedestal, it's hard for me to say no or to cut things from the interview that I might think it's are not necessary. So I tried to kind of abstain myself from thinking on that and I started preparing the interview. And I, I want to speak a little bit about this. And I guess this is kind of lifestyle and update on my project section. And if you are a new listener, I try to organize these episodes on lifestyle of an entrepreneur, update on my projects and tips and tricks for um, entrepreneurs. So 
sometimes these sections kind of mix and this is one of those cases because I, I want to tell you how it was for me to prepare and to actually meet Peter. So first of all, I normally don't prepare interviews. I know it's a bit weird, but it's kind of my method. Of course, I read about the person. I try to see other interviews that they might have given in the past. But I mean, for me, it's easy because I'm generally interested in what they have to say and I really want to learn from them because I'm a, a bootstrapper myself. So it's quite easy for me as long as I have a storyline. So let's say, for instance, if I'm interviewing someone about a project, my storyline is how they build the project. So from idea to business. So it's really easy to just do interviews and then I just follow my curiosity. If you are speaking about something that is really cool, I just ask about it. With Peter was a bit different because I didn't have a proper storyline, right? So there's already a lot of information about Nomadlist, for instance, and about a lot of his projects. And I just didn't want to repeat that. I had the same struggle with KCD when I interviewed her. She's actually bigger, at least in, in terms of followers, on Twitter than, than Peter. But she has a lot of interviews. So I, back then, I guess I didn't do it properly because there was a lot of things that she had told before that she also told in my interview, which is also nice because, you know, just because she spoke in other podcasts, it doesn't mean that the listeners of this podcast have actually listened to that. But uh, maybe I should have tried to go more towards other topics, even though I love the interview and the interview has, has had a lot of uh, great feedback but uh, with Peter, I really tried to do something something different. And uh, I basically consumed everything that was available about Peter Levels. So I listened to a lot of his interviews. I read his book. Actually, I read his book in the day before, in the night before. I read like the full book. And I only skipped the parts when he was actually speaking about tools. The book is very simple to read. And uh, it's really good. Is really good. As he says, he just dumped his brain into that book and it felt like that. Like you, a lot of the questions I had that I thought I would ask him after reading the book, I realized that everything was in the book. So, I mean, I could still have asked these questions, obviously, because not a lot of people have read the book, but I felt, okay, let's go in another way. And uh, I just wanted to really get to know Peter as a person, understanding his background and understanding his success. You know, he is so, when he's talking and he says, for instance, the example of Nomadlist, right? He said that uh, he was having some drinks with his friends and by mistake, he kind of deployed the website and it was like, he didn't advertise it at all. He didn't even tweet about it. But then a lot of people found the website and it became viral. How crazy is that? That it became viral even without any, you know, sharing. And back then in Nomadlist, Peter was even not that big on Twitter. He had just started with his 12 and 12 challenge. So 12 startups in 12 months. And he got him some traction. But still, I mean, there was maybe, I don't, I don't even know, but maybe what, 30k or even less followers probably. And the fact that it became such a huge website with such a niche thing, right? It, it's... It's uh, digital nomads, especially back then. I don't know when it was, whether it's 2014 or 15, I don't know. I mean, people were not speaking about it so much. How did he become such a huge star or how did the website have so much success? 
it's something that I don't understand. I, and I, I really wanted to ask him. So that's kind of the things I prepared. I prepared a lot of questions. I asked also around in the community for people to give me suggestions of questions. I, I wrote everything down. And uh, I was a bit nervous. I was not super, super nervous. And uh, sometimes when I'm about to do a presentation, for instance, I feel that my heart is pounding. This time I didn't feel like that. But I was definitely more nervous than uh, than other interviews. I sat down. The interview was at 10. And uh, a couple of hours earlier, he sent me a message or an email saying that he only had one hour of an interview. Which always makes me a bit nervous. Because if you listen to the interview I did with Peter... It, it's very casual. I just go with the flow. And if you have a time limit, especially if it's actually, he didn't tell me one hour. I think he told me like 40 minutes. So if you have, let's say, 40 minutes of interview, that's what happened with KCD, by the way, you really have to make sure that you squeeze everything you want in those 40 minutes. So I always become a little bit more nervous. And uh, when he told me, okay, we only have 40 or 45 minutes, I was already thinking, okay, I really need to nail this. And uh, at 10, I was waiting here in Zencaster, and it didn't show up. 10.5, he's still not here. 10.10, he's still not here. Like, oh my God, <laughs> the hype. I had so much hype. I told everyone, and now he's not showing up. I was really, really getting nervous. And uh, there's no way for me to contact him, because I can try to send him a DM. But uh, most of times, the DMs are closed. I tried to email him. So... 10, 15 is not here, and I'm already quitting somehow. At 10, 20, he shows up. And uh, it was super apologetic. It's like, so sorry, so sorry. I I kind of confused the times because it was now in um, Thailand, and they thought there was different timings. I said it was completely fine. I was a bit worried because if we only had 40 minutes before, now we only had 20. But he said, no, 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 it's fine. I kind of messed up the times of everything. So we have like one hour and a half for the episode. I was like, okay, that's really nice. And he's super chill. Like, it's super, uh, literally like chatting with the friends. And uh, it was like, hey, I'm here. He showed his room and he sat down on his bed. And because he normally works on his bed in the in, when he's in the hotel's rooms and so on. So it was super, super chilled, and uh, that's really important as well. When you're interviewing someone that is super chilled, it really makes me also calm, and we just hit record, and we just chatted. And I went with the flow, and I think it became really interesting and really philosophical interview. And there are a couple of things that I found really, really interesting. First interesting thing was the fact that he was a musician before. So he was into the kind of, I think, techno scene and the house. And he had his own, he was a DJ actually, making his own music. Really interesting, the fact that he started immediately by doing his own music. Because I quite often basically see artists and entrepreneurs, and we spoke about it, very much the same, right? Like if you are making your own Let's say, for instance, as an artist, you can be a cover artist, right? And if you remember my interview back then with Derek, if you go back to the interviews, he, he was a cover artist. And as a cover artist, is like, for me, like being a freelancer, if you're a software developer. You are your own boss, but you do what the others want you to do, right? So you build the app that they want you to build, or you sing the songs that they want you to sing. As an original artist, it's much, much harder to find an audience 
but of course that you can grow much, much more and make much more money. So I immediately found interesting the fact that he was actually doing this entrepreneur thing and original thing and artist thing from the start. And he immediately got a lot of success with YouTube, which I found also absolutely amazing because I also had a YouTube channel and I know how hard it is to, to get a lot of success. So it seems quite easy for him, right? Like to have this kind of success. And when I asked him if it would be better to do your first project as a side project, as a side gig, and having your main gig, your main job on the uh, you know, happening so that you still have this cushion, this money cushion, and you can still rely on the actually the salary you're getting. He told me that it would be better to have it as a side project because he did the same because he w was doing the YouTube and then he started Nomad List in on the side. But for me, being a YouTuber, you know, it's already being like a bootstrapper. It's, it's you're already your own boss. And uh, you're already doing a lot of things for your own. So I, I find it really interesting the fact that he didn't even consider the fact of him being a YouTuber, a side gig or something special, I guess. I don't know, because you know, imagine like in 2000, what was it, like 10 or something, being a YouTuber, it was something very, very original. Another thing that I found really interesting, and I don't know what you thought about it, was the fact that he kind of has this intuition for what people might like and want and he tried to explain it as a way of uh, speaking what the others have in their mind you need to understand what the others are thinking and not saying and this is really interesting because i really believe that there are certain entrepreneurs certain bootstrappers that are intuitive you know they have this talent and for anything for any and probably you have your talent as well if you start thinking about the the things that you are good at without actually trying that much. Maybe it's math, maybe it's playing soccer, maybe it's playing darts, whatever. Every one of us have these things that you are inclined to do, that you are better even without making as much effort as others. And I really believe that that happens for entrepreneurs. That doesn't happen for me, unfortunately, because it's really hard for me to find success. But another great example is with Hendrik. And if you go back to the interview I did with him, he's the Brad Code. The Brad Code, he has a YouTube channel and he has a lot of success, but he's just a true entrepreneur. Everything he does, everything he touches turns into gold. And I don't understand why. It's funny because when you try to really pinpoint why, I mean, you see that they have a different kind of personality, but... There's a lot of other people with similar personalities and with similar knowledge that don't achieve what they achieve. So there's this kind of intuition. And I think the intuition is really into understanding where the market is going, understanding what people like, listening to people. And uh, that's what uh, Peter also said. What he mentioned was that he says things and then everyone was thinking the same. And uh, I think it's a bit connected to not being afraid to dream <laughs> and the more you grow the more kind of society pushes you in and says you cannot dream about certain things as an example he dreamed on not having a house and living in just following the summer for instance or following the countries that he loves a lot of people would say no you need to settle in you need to find a family you need to find a job otherwise it's too insecure you cannot do this but it just doesn't care because it's something that he loves, right? It, it's the same, and I mentioned this in the interview, it's the same with, for instance, Elon Musk, right? Elon Musk thinks about 
doing stuff that people would never dream of, right? Like going to Mars. Like maybe some of us would think about it, but if you say, let's say as a kid, right? And someone asks you what you want to do when you grow up and you say, I want to build a ship that will take people to Mars. Like most people will laugh. They're like, oh, kids, you know, it's not possible. But those that actually go to adulthood and still think about this, those are the ones that make it possible. It's a lot of work. It's a lot, a lot of work. And uh, Peter also says that he has built more than 70 products and only like three are super successful or four. But when I say super successful, is making two or three million a year, which is absurd, right? Like, I mean, imagine you making this amount of money. You know, at some point, you don't do it for the money anymore. You just do it to change the world. And that's the last thing I want to say about this interview. The fact that he says that people from Venezuela are now moving to Portugal because the tool he's making, because of rebase, that's amazing. I, I love this. And this is also what I really love about being an entrepreneur, about being a software developer, the fact that with only one laptop, you can actually change the world. It's amazing. I know that it's a fallacy because most of us won't change the world. It's extremely hard and you need also some luck, some intuition, but you don't need to change the world. You might only change your community, your neighborhood your family, even only for yourself. You can change your own life with just a laptop. I find this absolutely magnificent. And uh, I, I think about it with Change It, right? Like my climate change app, I have people using it every day still, even though I'm not working it for a long time. And people actually, you know, are changing and reducing their carbon footprint because a tool that I've made. This is absurd. You know, you can really impact the world, of course, I'm not going to fix climate change, we change it, at least as it is now, but there's people already learning about sustainability, people from all over the world, just because what I've built. And this is amazing, and this is really one of the big reasons why I pursue being a bootstrapper and uh, being an entrepreneur. And uh, yeah, that, that was basically it. That was the interview or my thoughts. I would love to listen to you. So DM me on Twitter. If you have some other thoughts, some other things that you find curious, that you find interesting, just let me know because I'm really interested in, in your opinion. So DM me on Twitter. I, keep, I just speak with a lot of people on Twitter and it's really, really nice. After the interview, the, the end of the interview was a, a bit hard for me because I kind of lost myself in the time and uh, when I asked him he was like okay we have three minutes and I was like okay <laughs> so I tried to close it and uh, we didn't get to speak that much afterwards but he did promise another interview so maybe we'll continue so let me know as well if you'd be interested in another interview with Peter and uh, now that I spoke about how it went I just wanted to give you the stats like the analytics how many people listen to it so far? Because I, I think this is really, really amazing. So my goal when uh, I started preparing the launch of this interview was to reach 500 listens. And just for you to kind of understand, in my interviews, I have about 80 to 100 listens. After like a week or two weeks, it reaches that point. And uh, with case the interview, I have reached 300 listens after maybe like a month or so with peter i thought that since it was just my target i thought that i would be able to reach the 500 
which is crazy. Imagine reaching 500 listeners. Just for you to understand, these kind of episodes, these freestyle episodes, these monologues, they reach about 80 people. So 500 is actually a lot. And uh, yeah, I still decided. And I have to say that, so the interview was last Thursday. So it's been less than a week and I had 546 listens as of now. It's been amazing. Just the fact that I released this interview, just having the name Peter Levels, even before he actually shared it on Twitter, I had already gained so many listens and so many great feedback, so much great feedback just because I had his name. So this is really cool. And you can really see that there is not a lot of episodes. There is not a lot of content on Peter Levels. With KCT is different. There's a lot, so it's harder. But with, with uh, Mr. Levels, there isn't. So you can really see that uh, people are craving for this kind of content. And I was a bit unlucky because I released my interview at the same time as his interview with Indie Hackers Podcast. I, mean, I, I, I was really trying to avoid this, but it ended up happening because I think two weeks ago, he said that he had been interviewed for, uh, by, by Indie Hackers and Indie Hackers Podcast. And I asked them, when is out? When is it going to be out? And they told me Wednesday, so last Wednesday. I waited for Wednesday, nothing. So I thought, okay, maybe it's coming the next week. So it means I need to release mine this week. You know, I need to be the first. But it ended up releasing it basically at the same time, actually, on Thursday. And uh, it's a great interview. It's really nice interview. I listened to it as well. That will be the part two this week, actually, maybe tomorrow or the day after. And uh, fortunately, they spoke about different topics. I mean, I, we spoke about such deep conversations, you know, that uh, it would be hard to be the same kind of topic. So that it was nice. Still, maybe I might have lost a couple of listeners because of that, but it's completely fine. By the way, the reason why Peter is doing this, these interviews now is to promote his new company, Rebase. So I do think that that's kind of the reason I also why he decided to speak with me. A lot of people were saying, yeah, Tiago, your podcast is amazing. That's why he's speaking with you. No, I think it's also mostly because of Rebase. But of course, the fact that he accepted, he probably listened to me before and so on. So that's really, really nice. And uh, yeah, so 546 listens, really, really nice. I got uh, about, uh, I think, 30 new followers on uh, Twitter so far. Really cool. A lot of people coming to me saying that they liked the interview. So a lot of great feedback. That's really nice. And uh my website, I think someone shared it on Facebook. Maybe it was Peter because Peter was also sharing it in a lot of his social networks. So this is really nice. I love when the people that I interview also help me and help themselves to promote because it's really great. There was a time that I was having like 30 or 40 people at the same time in my website, which for me is really, really great. I know there's people that have much more, but for me, it's really great to have so many people actually coming. And uh, I'm super excited to see from these people, how many will actually become full-time listeners of the podcast. And uh, yeah, let's now speak about Change It because uh, I told you that I had a meeting with someone that was interested in buying Change It. I was very reluctant to even believe that this was true because Change It is not in the level that I believe that can be sold. I know that there's a lot of people that sell this their projects even before revenue, you know, I, I learned this term pre-revenue, but uh, they, they can do this kind of stuff and it's possible companies that just want to buy the software, 
But I don't know, I, I felt that change it was still not in that level and uh, definitely not for the users, right? Because at this moment I was, I'm having like 10, 15 users per day. So I, I didn't believe that people were actually, you know, lining up to buy and change it. But I was still excited to, to speak and have my first uh, meeting with someone that is actually in this medium and is buying and selling startups. So the company's name is Falcon Rivers. And uh, we started the meeting super chilled. Uh, John was his name. I think he's the CEO and super chilled guy. And we're just chatting and uh, did some chit chat in, in the beginning. And uh, then uh, I kind of presented change it. I presented the numbers. And uh, when he asked me about the revenue, he's like, so how much money are you making? And I was like, ah, you know, we have affiliate model and people can buy and I get a percentage of the sustainable products they buy and uh, I don't know maybe three euros a month or five euros a month <laughs> I mean he didn't laugh at me but he, he did say that maybe it's better to call it pre-revenue <laughs> it's the you know the buzzword that sells much better so if you have a company that is not making that much money just say that you are pre-revenue when you're trying to sell it or to pitch it and that's something that I've learned. So change it is pre-revenue. And uh, I kind of pitch it. And he, he did tell me that is investor. So the company is kind of a mediator, right? So it finds investors or not, or people that are interested in buying and finds companies and matches them. And he did tell me that the person that was interested on buying is interested in companies that maybe make half a million or something like this. So completely, completely, completely out. And uh, I find it really interesting that they thought that Changeit could make half a million. <laughs> so it was not him that actually selected Changeit. I think it was his uh, assistant. So maybe they didn't, they definitely didn't, didn't check it properly. But still, it was a really nice conversation. It somehow validates the fact that this is a topic that people are interested in. Because first of all, when you search for climate change app on the Play Store, change it will show up. So it kind of shows that there's still not a lot in the market and we can do a lot there. And uh, yeah, people are interested. People are interested in investing in acquiring these kind of companies. And I just need to go back and invest on change it. I have other ideas and I need to do it quickly. So maybe from next week on, or even still this week, I really need to go back. And it's a topic that I really, really love. In the end, it was another network, another contact, and another experience, which is always nice. And I was not sad because I was kind of already expecting this. So still, it's a great story to tell here in the podcast, right? And uh, yeah, last but not least, I want to speak about the last Two projects I'm working on. I'm, I'm doing so much stuff now. Maybe I'm doing too much. I, I'm working on indie offices, as I told you, which is basically a tool that allows people that use Slack to create a virtual office. It, I started it because we are using it on our co-working space and people kind of like it. So I thought, okay, let's make a package out of it, which I did. And it's my first B2B company. So far, I shared it on Reddit and I got a couple of people interested in signing up. But um, no, and I also got actually Anthony from uh, Indie Worldwide. The, I even interviewed him. He has a community, was Slack community, and he installed it and he tried it out. He says that it's cool. He says that the budget, the price is it's okay. So it's 25 bucks, at least for now, the first price per month. 
and uh, we are going to try it out on Thursday on the product hunt. Um, what is it like in the cat awards? I don't remember what it's called, but it's basically giving prizes to the best uh, 2021 products. So yeah, we are going to test it out then, which is really, really nice. I, I am now in this phase where I just want to test the product. And I've been reaching out to companies by email, cold emails and DMs and people that I know, asking them to try them out. And uh, yeah, I just want to collect feedback. I've been also working the product to make it more usable. And I'll keep you updated. There's not a lot to say here. But yeah, my, my strategy as a B2B now is to reach out to people individually and try to build a product that I know people like. And then I'll go to a proper launch, maybe with Product Hunt and proper Reddit and everything. But now I'm just getting, you know, clients and see if I can make some money out of that. And uh, yeah, last but not least about the community, something that I want to talk about. We are going to start from next week on a one month hackathon. And uh, it's not the traditional hackathons. What we are going to do is there's one idea and we are all going to implement it together. So Maxwell, he actually had the idea and uh, even the idea of this project. And we are going to have marketeers, designers, developers, all of us who are going to work together. We are all very busy, so we don't expect that everyone can put a lot of time. So that's why we are making it one month. And each week we are going to put a couple of hours to build this product together and we are going to learn. This is kind of a workshop, you know, hands-on workshop and we are kind of learning by doing and you can pick whatever you want to do. You, we can pick the language you want to code in, the marketing plan, the tools we want to use. So if you want to join us, you can still do and uh, there'll be a, a landing page in the show notes of this episode. You can go and check it out. Yeah, you can just join the co-working space. It's four euros or four point six dollars per month, and you can join this hackathon. It will start in the first of February, which, if I'm not mistaken, is next Tuesday. So yeah, make sure to join us. And uh, if you are not joining, yeah, I will give you updates on this project in uh, this podcast and also on Twitter and so on. So I'm super excited about it and see how it will go. And uh, that's it for the project updates. If you allow me to speak a little bit about the lifestyle of an entrepreneur and some of my thoughts that I have been having recently, you know, I feel that I have peaked with the interview with Peter Levels. And uh, it was kind of my 2022 goal to do it. And I reached it super early, which is really nice. And I got a huge, huge number of listens, which was also amazing. But what now, right? So what can I keep on going? When will I reach the same level of listens that I reach with Peter? So I kind of start thinking, what should be the next steps? What should be the people that I should try to interview? And of course, that I will keep on interviewing smaller entrepreneurs because I think it's really important and I am one of them and uh, I still want to interview also people that have a lot of followers because this will also help the podcast to grow but uh, it's hard to know whom should I interview now and uh, one thing that Wolfie my friend that I've spoken so much in this in this podcast and is probably the only person I've listened to actually all the episodes. 
it told me that now maybe it's time to find other types of interviews. I've interviewed a lot of people from Twitter, a lot of people that are bootstrappers, and uh, maybe it's time to find some other kind of bootstrappers, some artists, maybe some musicians. And it's something that I also am very interested in doing. I think it's really, really interesting to understand more the art side, the people that started their own bands or painting or something like this and uh, or photographers. So I, I, I might do this. I, I might try to find people in this realm. Of course, that I will always go to bootstrapping and, and I have a couple of interviews lined up in the bootstrapping world. But I will try to go more towards that. And immediately, my my mind goes to, you know, let's interview Elon Musk or let's interview, I don't know, some big artist, Ed Sheeran. <laughs> I mean, it's I'm not saying that it's really, really impossible because, again, if I've learned something from the interview with Peter is that you really need to dream, but you need to work to get there. You cannot immediately think, for instance, when I first started this podcast, I couldn't get Peter Levels or KCD right away because I was just starting. But as long as I keep on growing, as long as I keep on getting better, maybe one day I'll be in the position where Ed Sheeran would like to be interviewed by the wannabe entrepreneur to tell his journey, to tell how he got to to where he, where he is now, right? Maybe... Uh, Dua Lipa would like to be interviewed to, to to talk about how she she got to to be an artist, a world famous artist. So I think it's really important, and I would love to have these conversations with people. Of course, that I will not immediately get there, and um, yeah, I'm just trying to think what should I do next. Will the podcast last until then? Because if I'm not able to make money, then I probably won't have time to invest as much in in the podcast as well. So, yeah, some of my thoughts are, okay, I've reached this. This is great. What a peak. Is what, Was this the peak, right? Am I now just going down? And, yeah, just some of the thoughts that are that are coming to, to my mind. It's not affecting me that much mentally, so it's, it's not dragging me down that much, which is nice. It just, you know, pops up in my head uh, from time to time now since I interviewed uh, Peter. Yeah, that, that's it for the lifestyle of the entrepreneur. Now I just want to give you, yeah, the last section, the tips and tricks for entrepreneurs and bootstrappers. This week I didn't particularly try new tools, but um, someone recommended one tool for podcasters that seems really interesting. Its name is Auphonic. And uh, it basically normalizes the sound of a track. And it's really great specifically for people that are doing interviews or there's more than one input and it normalizes, making sure that everything is in the same volume. But uh, Wolfgang was the one that, uh, by the way, recommended this. And uh, he told me that what this also does is it segments the input track into multiple segments and normalizes the segments between each other. So even if you're talking and sometimes you just get close to the mic or change the, the mouth or something or start speaking louder, it normalizes that too. And I didn't try it, but they told me it's great and it makes a great job. So yeah, howphonic.com and uh, I will link it in the description. 
And uh, the other recommendation I would give you is to read the Maker's Book, the the Make Book, actually, the Make Book from uh, Peter Levels, and you can find it on makebook.io. Yes, you can find it on makebook.io, and it's a great book. You can read it super fast, and especially if you are a beginner bootstrapper, or even if you are not. It's basically, as I said in the beginning, the brain dump of Peter Levels into a book. A lot of tips, a lot of tricks. Even if you are not a developer, you'll find really useful stuff there. So I would really recommend for you to read the Makebook. And uh, yeah, that's the tips and tricks for this uh, episode. I'm sorry that they're not very long. Maybe next week I'll try to actually invest more into learning a new tool and uh, yeah, bringing it to the episode. And that's it. That's it for today's episode. I hope it was fun to listen to. And uh, you already know, if you have suggestions, you want to chat with me, you can follow me on Twitter. If you want to make sure that this podcast keeps going, you want to support it, you can buy me a coffee or become a member. And if you do become a member, you also get to join our virtual co-working space for bootstrappers, a place where we work together in our own projects, but uh, we support each other and mentor each other. It's, It's really nice. And we are starting this project that I told you about, this hackathon for one month that we'll be working together on it. So if you want to join, yeah, now is the time. And uh, yeah, that's it. Besides that, if you can give a nice review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, that would mean the world. And of course, sharing this podcast with your friends. This was another Wannabe Entrepreneur and see you next Tuesday for the interview. Don't take life too serious. That's my new motto. Just chill. Carpe diem.